Podcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, TJ Bowser and Jared Bachman Stubbs. Welcome to episode 37 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is Jared, the Dark Jedi. Hello there. And from the Gore and More Podcast, Chad Vader himself. What up, bitches? <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. So, talk about your week, Jared. Uh... Just prepping for Thanksgiving this week and last week, as you guys probably heard, there were some technical difficulties that uh, prevented that episode from going up. Um, but that last week, I saw my friend, my best friend, Spence Man Cosplay, and my other friend, Raylu Cosplay, follow them both on Instagram uh, in their musical, their college musical, Brigadoon. They were both phenomenal and wanted to shout them out. You're phenomenal. Okay, so uh, what about you, Chad? Uh, It's been kind of a slow week at the old uh, Darth Chad house. (laughs) The the Chad Vader house, yeah. uh, I'm still still unemployed, so I've been looking at jobs. I went to a job fair the other day, putting applications out. But other than that, just doing the whole dad thing. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. I feel you on that one. Turkey Day is approaching. What are we? uh, Yes. Three days out? Okay, so... Quick question. Yes. Is is Life Day Thanksgiving or is Life Day Christmas? The fuck Christmas. is Life Day? It was Christmas. It was the Star Wars. What did special. you just say? <laughs> oh, it was Christmas. That's right. I know, but it, it aired in November, so that's why I was confused. Because uh, I saw that it was apparently the anniversary of it, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know it aired in in November. So now I'm like, November seventeenth. I refer to it. What did you say? It was two days ago. Three days ago. Yeah, something like that. It was recent. So my whole perception of what Life Day was supposed to be got turned on its head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Christmas because I remember them giving out gifts and singing shit. Yes, I've okay. seen it. It was bad. All right, so I will save saying Happy Life Day for... Uh, happy belated Life Christmas. Day is what you're uh, looking for. It would be early Life Day. No, November 17th is Life Day. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. The was first, it actual was it actual Life Day or is that just the day that it aired? It said 19 7, November 17th, 1978. That was the day it aired, yeah. Yeah. Cuz I've been referring to Christmas as Life Day for a while. Well, you're wrong, bitch. Clearly. <laughs> uh yeah, I haven't done anything other than work. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Oh, sure. Rub it into the unemployed There's guy back here. <laughs> you have one of my jobs. I've done nothing but work. <laughs> work, work, pain. and more work. Yeah. Work, 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 work. <laughs> Need to add that in. 
But we are <laughs> getting on to uh, the news. Uh, it's time to buckle up, baby. Uh, we are 141 days out from Star Wars Celebration Chicago and 395 days from Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, yeah, it, it's approaching, boys. I, th- I think it's Episode Nine, The Phantom Menace Two. Oh God, Part Part One of Five. Uh, <laughs> put that in the old rumor mill. Palpatine Thrawn confirmed. <laughs> uh, Mara Jade confirmed. Triggered. Uh, <laughs> Mar- Mara Jade, Palpatine, Thrawn, Ezra Bridger, Revan confirmed. <laughs> Darth Bane. Fucking Bane, yeah. I'm dead. Okay, so before we get on the way, let's do a little bit of advertising. So if Ooh. you know anything, the Kessel Toy Run is still going on. Uh, Brandon runs it. You can donate to the Kessel Toy Run. Uh, let me check this here. Uh you just, what, till the 20th, right? Yeah. Okay, I just gave a little search here, but apparently things are being slow. I shouldn't have slow internet. The 20th of November? The December. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm clicking on the article. There we go. Uh, Brandon, man, how the hell do you spell his last, well, pronounce his last name? Who? Yeah. Brandon Man. man- I, I'm not even going to do it. I'm sorry, Brandon. Uh, yeah, so you can donate to Castle Toy Run Episode 2. It's a 2018 <laughs> holiday event. It was uh, ends December 20th. You can make a change in less than 12 parsecs. Uh, you can find them if you go to Amazon.com and uh, in the search bar for – I don't know how you do it. Uh, <laughs> Castle Toy Run at gmail.com. Uh, at Twitter, find them at the Castle Toy Run. YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram all at – Kessel Toy Run. Uh, it will benefit children in hospitals around the California, in the California, Long Beach, Orange County area. Yeah, very, very good. I've been. Li- it's listening to a couple podcasts, and apparently they're getting a lot of stuff in. So this is going to be bigger than last year's. I mean, you can't go wrong. Charity's a thing. It's, it's especially <laughs> significant now with all the wildfires and everything out there. There's going to be a lot of kids in need. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, back to Star Wars news. Uh, <laughs> this week, Pedro Pascal was announced to be the Mandalorian. Fuck yeah! So that's just more and more game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's just more and more Game of Thrones actors coming from Game of Thrones to Star Wars, like many other uh, stars that are in Star Wars now actually came from Game of Thrones. Gwendolyn Christie being one of them. Uh, making Star Wars you know, Jason Ward. This morning, Variety has confirmed our early October scoop that Pedro Pascal will be the star of John Favreau's The Mandalorian. Filming is still under the way for The Mandalorian now. Uh, to quote Variety, it says Pedro Pascal has been tapped to star in the Star Wars TV show The Mandalorian, which is expe- expected to premiere on the Disney streaming service Disney Plus. I really feel like they could have done a better name. Did, uh, Pascal's I name, like it. You like it? Yeah. Pascal's name had previously been rumored for the role, but sources say that he was one of the main many characters being considered. Now insiders tell Variety that he has been offered the role and negotiations are underway. So, um... Yeah, he, uh, some of his credits include, uh... Oh, he was in Wonder Woman 1984? 
He will be. Yeah, he, he will. will. That's still filming. Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Oh, I didn't know he was in Kingsman. The Great Wall. Him. Oh, that movie was a The Mentalist, Graceland, Game of Thrones. Uh, Homeland. CSI is an episode. Wonder Woman TV movie from 2011. Don't know what the fuck that <laughs> is. Oh, I think that was the one they made and they didn't air it. Uh, Law and Order's SVU. Uh, Burn Notice, The Fall of Sam Axe. The Good Wife, Lights Out. Iris, I Am That Girl. More Law and Order, Without a Trace. Touched by an Angel. His first credit is 1996 on the, the movie short Burning Bridges. Played a character named Pedro. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Keep uh, it simple. Keep it simple. It's like Tony Danza. Every character he ever plays is named Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he can't be bothered to learn a new name. He just, just call him How Tony. many Jacks did Jack Nicholson play? That's a good question. Uh, so this in this episode, we're going to be covering some last week's stuff because if you guys didn't, like we said earlier, that we lost last week's show. So we're going to be covering a little bit of stuff, but mostly it's new stuff. Uh, well, before we move on from Pedro Pascal, yes, because um, we had to do a little quick restart, I'm going to just put this out there. Johnny, I told you so. Boy, y'all said the rumors were dead and that Pedro wouldn't happen. I said it will, and I would. I said when you were on the show. Yo! I'll wait till I hear casting those. Yo! I knew it. What's good? What's good? So you hear this, Johnny. Also announced last week. When was the date? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, November 9th. Bakingstarwars.net reports that the Cassian Andor prequel television show is happening for Disney Plus. So that so far we are three three shows in Star Wars shows in for uh, Disney Plus, which would be The Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor television show and Clone Wars season eight. Seven. Seven. Seven? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yep. So, five. I've heard every number of that season be used. It is hilarious. I like it. I don't know why it is that us Star Wars fans who like clearly all passionately love that show, uh-huh. but cannot remember the number of the seasons. Like I've heard people go, "Oh, because yeah, it's we cool don't watch it in order. 10. We don't yeah, watch it in order. That. We watch it in chronological order, so we literally jump all over the place." And I don't think there was an actual season six per se that was just the lost episodes yeah yeah you're right anyway but, uh, anyway yeah so yeah, the Pedro Pascal StarWars.com says Disney chairman and C- CEO Bob Iger announced today that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live action series for Disney plus the company's new direct consumer streaming service the series which will go Entry production next year follows the adventures of rebel spy Cassian Andor. During the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, duh, Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor. Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me, said Luna. I have so many memories of great work we did together and the relationships I have made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us the chance to explore the character more deeply. Hold on. Ooh, burp a little bit. Uh... I hope Dave Filoni has. <laughs> I hope Dave Filoni has some uh, has his dirty little hand in, in here. Uh, the rousing spy thriller. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> the rousing spy thriller will experience will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. Stay tuned to StarWars.com for the latest updates. 
Anything you want to say on that, boys? <coughs> Pardon me. I'm really excited for it. Um, can you hear me? My computer's loud. Oh, we yeah. can hear you very well. Okay, good. Um, I'm excited for it. My, uh, oh, okay. My phone went off. You're taking screenshots. Um, just don't share around those dick pics I sent you. Ooh. Um, he wasn't supposed to share those. That's the biggest five inches I've ever seen, buddy. <laughs> Make it count. Um, <laughs> I, if, I want the Mandalorian to be like super Western gunslingery. Yes. Um, but in the event that that doesn't pan out and it's more of a crime show, mm-hmm. I am going to be very excited for a straight up spy thriller starring Cassie and Andor. It's cool because we'll have like a Western fun. type feel with the Mandalorian and they'll have like a spy guy, like a spy movie like show yeah. with this. And I then just, Clone Wars is just going to be like, oh, nostalgia. <laughs> I just well, hope, I just hope they don't try to do a, comedy, yeah. and I, they don't need to do a comedy show. I, I have a f- I have a feeling you're gonna try and hit all the bases: western, spy. Don't do comedy. Well, a, I mean, the Star Wars is inherent. Their comedy is inherent to Star Wars, so I feel like there's enough comedy in and of the series themselves. Like Rogue One's super dark and bitter, but there's lots of jokes in that whole movie. You know, I was thinking this. I imprisoned this prisoner so that I could take him to prison. You know, like there's lots of jokes in Rogue One. So I'm not worried about the about a comedy show, just as I think Star Wars does enough comedy being Star Wars. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chad, I'm really excited by both of them, but I'm kind of a little worried that these uh, it seems like they're throwing a lot behind the shows on Disney Plus. It almost seems like it's going to eclipse the movies at some point. Quite possible. And it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit concerning, but, you know, it's win win for us. We get these great new shows. We're getting some exciting movies coming up. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Oh, absolutely. They're just throwing material at us. Yeah. I mean, we should just enjoy what we're getting, I guess. Uh, what else was announced? Jared, you want to take away the next one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could do this I- one. <laughs> More more Mandalorian stuff, Jared. Hi. My computer is being super laggy, so if I drop out, I apologize. It's okay, buddy. I've been. What the? What's wrong? The Mandalorian's entourage. A brief look at the Suspendalorian new wave haircut lady photos. Okay. So this is on the makingstarwars.net. Over the last weeks that film that uh, over the last weeks that film has trucked along the new Disney Plus streaming Star Wars series The Mandalorian. I have seen a few familiar characters popping up often. Usually when I see The Mandalorian we see a guy with the Mando armor on his legs and the rest of the costume isn't there. But he has some kind of eyeline piece attached to his back which is either because Pedro is a lot taller, don't have a helmet on, or the least likely explanation I've considered, which is it notes the height of the gun on his back. But each time I've seen who I believe to be the Mandalorian himself, I've seen these two companions with him in the midst of the action. The first companion is a dark-skinned male who totally pumps iron. He wears a beige-brownish shirt 
with work pants, boots, and suspenders. We have jokingly we have jokingly dubbed him the Suspendalorian. <laughs> Because he rocks his suspenders in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I love this so much. Jared, look at the chat. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> You like my cape? <laughs> Bitches love my cape. I love my cape. <laughs> oh my god. I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> Your face and everything. <laughs> oh, that's getting put on our Facebook. <laughs> I was in character. I was in character. <laughs> was in character. Oh. We'll put that up for all you do backers out there. Uh, yeah, you'll know why I'm pissing myself right now. <laughs> Yeah, talk See, more about the suspense. You got to wait until I get like a really triumphant character as your tri- triumphant picture as Kylo Ren yes. with like my cape in it, and then make the meme again, but in like badass Kylo, like you know, cape flowing in the winds of crate. Oh my god, I lost my place. Okay. When it comes to this character, we cannot say for certain that we're seeing the actor or the actor's body double. We can't say if that is the rumored Carl Weathers character. If that story pans out like the Pascal one has apparently. Did you say Carl Weathers? It does say Carl Weathers. Yeah. You know, every time someone says Carl Weathers, you know what scene I think of? Dylan, what? you son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with that. Or if he's a different character altogether. I do believe I've seen this character with a helmet and jacket on in some earlier scenarios, but I cannot be 100% sure. Because when we saw him with the... Dylan! (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Continue, Jared. I'm sorry. I had to. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Brief, sorry, small tangent. I think there is something to be said for like hardcore Star Wars fans and also being fans of Arnie because one of the Galaxy of Heroes YouTubers I watch a lot, Arnold T101, mm-hmm. that used to be a part of his outro. Is there was this like techno mashup of a bunch of different iconic Schwarzenegger lines? Wow. It was like, Arnie Victor, Arnie Victor, down, 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 down. That was part of it. it how like, how many how many times do you say get to the chopper? <laughs> it's not in there. It's like what? it's like some That's of the iconic. Most ones, but not the memes. It's in the new it's, it's Predator the... movie. I heard Ugh. it's get to the choppers, but it's not Arnie saying it. No, it's the it's the new guy. Yeah. For what it is worth, it is a motherfucker. For what it is worth, he has really ripped muscular arms, like he would most certainly have to fight the predator. Um, there we go again. And like I said before, if Carl Weathers isn't in Star Wars, why is Carl Weathers not in Star Wars? If it is wrong, please let me campaign for Carl Weathers and Star Wars begin here. But we also think it would be a poor assumption to assume that there will only be one dark-skinned actor in the entire show. That said, we are open to the idea that Favreau showed us Wilrow Hood, Hood's ice cream maker because this series is really Wilrow's revenge, a Star Wars <laughs> 
Thank you for giving me this story. This 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 uh this scratched all my itches. I, I hope um, there's a scene like where Vader walks in to like he's well, like he's Vader, like on a star destroyer. He walks in at the fucking ice cream maker sitting on a desk somewhere. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck? And like Wilbur Hood comes out of the pack and just tries to kill him. He's like, you fucked up my damn best man. I'm gonna fuck up your life. Like, I was making ice cream, you ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> The Hollywood Reporter just put out saying, just put a story out saying that MMA superstar Gina Carano has joined the cast of the series. She might be who we are actually looking at in these photos right next to old suspenders. We know that we are seeing a very brief glimpse of this show and we might be making a mountain out of Sand Hill. Deep cut. I appreciate it. As they say in Star Wars. They don't actually say that. It's in parentheses. That's why I whispered it. We were just laying out the th- laying out the things we keep seeing and hearing about. In the newest episode of Now This Is Podcasting, we got an email about the initial. Come on, you can say it better than that. Series using. Now this is what I call podcasting. <laughs> um, no, so I um, I whenever she's home, I frequently play uh, Battlefront with Lexi, mm-hmm. and um. Anytime I get enough battle points in Galactic Assault to be in a ship, I'll I'll be flying around. I'll be like, "Hey, babe, look up!" And she'll look up, and she'll and then she'll like see my gamer tag over top of a ship. She'll like, "Oh, hey, I see you!" And the moment I know that she can see me, I just start spinning and I just start screaming. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> like I just start screaming it like a moron. Oh, I love it. Because I love Jake Lloyd Anakin. Quotes. Anakin Skywalker, the original Mary Sue. <laughs> For real. I'm writing an essay on that. Don't worry. Okay, essay. Keep going. Hey, I see what you did there. A little culturally insensitive, but I see what you did there. Ooh. Oh. I'm not offended by it. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Lord, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, probably. Probably. Don't if you if we ever meet Pedro Pascal, delete this episode. Like, what's up, essay? <laughs> But we're at the physical location, not the soundstage style other location. (laughs) That said, this week we have seen sets entirely encapsulated by blue screen for privacy and and also because these sets are going to be extended greatly. It's been interesting watching them reposition the giant screens when the light of day shifts. Blue screen for when you just don't have the budget. (laughs) Shadows. Or blue screen when Fox gives George Lucas too much of a budget. Yeah. <laughs> to illustrate my point about the blue screen's work, here are two bonus pictures. The people in blue are stormtroopers. Some stormtroopers had blue ponchos to hide their costumes and had black pon- and others had black ponchos. We don't know if there's a reason for it or if we were seeing a socio- sociological experiment unfolding before our eyes. <laughs> the blue poncho and the black ponchos didn't see to go seem to go with one another. The guy walking in front of the stormtroopers may be the Mando's double or an entirely new character. When we saw him again, we think he had a black poncho on to hide his costume. At a glance, he reminds me of Django Fett's of Django Fett meets Alexander Kallus. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh. <laughs> And Jason also, we talked about it last week, but you guys never got to hear it. Uh, Jason took a bunch of fucking set <laughs> photos and like a bunch, like over 100 because the guy's a fucking lunatic. Uh, <laughs> I love this set. And what I love about this set 
is the whole fucking thing is encapsulated with cargo crates that say Mobile Mini on them, and then inside is Tatooine. <laughs> it's like a very poorly hidden yes. Tatooine. <laughs> it's like just off camera. There's a bunch of cargo crates. Like, like, like look at the whole fucking thing. Like, oh, just. But I love these photos. Like the whole beside behind the scenes thing that making Star Wars .net is like giving us. It's absolutely fucking awesome. Because the whole time that they've been doing this, we've just been getting constant updates. It's like. Jason wakes up in the morning. He's like, oh, got to go to the Mandalorian set like every fucking day. Like these pictures, like it's like, like the different angles of the same thing. And like you just see a little bit more with each shot. It's like he has a whole network of spies just going to the set. Oh, and, snapping and every they know. Picture. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, he has a picture of Dave Filoni and John Favreau staring at him. And then they wave at him. They might as well get him a fucking crew shirt. <laughs> like, seriously. That's great. That's uh, great. And then, like, there's the Black Rock and stuff. And, uh, like, that, that makes me feel like they're on Solace also. Like, maybe this show takes place on two different planets. Like, we got Tatooine and then we got Solace. And I'd like to see a live action Solace. Uh, we saw Solace in Battlefront 1. And that's where uh, the nine numb species is from, right? The pancake faces? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's the name of that actual? They're Celestins. Yeah, they're Celestins. Yeah. And, okay, you open the door to another hot take about Star Wars for me. Um, I am unironically and legitimately offended by the proliferation of Nyan Numb into the sequel trilogy. I don't know why the fuck he gets as much screen time as he has been in the sequels. And I know it's not much, but it's enough to make the whole audience go, fucking Nyan Numb? I feel like Nine Numb is like the token black guy of horror movies. But he's not. But he's still alive. He didn't die. Yeah. Thank you for saying it. That's I didn't true. want to say it. I was about to say it. I was about if, to be like, if but anything, he's not be, dead yet. That, that would be Akbar, which I'm still okay. pissed about. Nah, let the past die. Kill you have to. I feel like you just have to have him in there because what what other original trilo- trilogy characters do we have? Uh. Uh, Wedge, but the actor's an asshole. Chewy. Um, Chewy, yeah, Luke's, obviously. Luke's I mean, dead. people we haven't Luke's seen. Luke's ghost. Yeah, Luke's one with the force. Leia's gone, Han's gone. Um, well, I mean, we'll have Leia in 9 through What the, they're doing is the putting footage, characters that we already know in there. That way we we have some familiarity with the cast. That's exactly what it is. It. I mean, I don't know why it's easy to be like, why? hey, hey, what is it? what's the actor play, that plays Mike Quinn? Mike, well, Mike Quinn plays, I think that's his name, Mike Quinn that plays Nine Numb. Uh, I feel they're, they're like, if, it's easy because you just have to put on a fucking latex mask and say, there he goes, go stand in front of the camera. He doesn't have any lines. You chuckle like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, handle, buddy, don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actual scenes from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he is one of the 13 that survive uh, on Crate, so. We did the math on the show not too long ago. Of, like, how many people died in the, uh, in like, the, uh, the transports. And then how many people yeah. died on Crate relative to how many people survived. And then I think it was yeah, like 66 boy, people died. Kylo's doing his job. That's why. <laughs> yeah. 
do that do that scream thing he does blow that what, what does he say whenever fucking Luke comes out and then the falcon flies by yeah, yeah. What is it? shoot that piece of junk out, out of the, the sky, sky. <laughs> <laughs> love it I just love that like oh I saw this thing on Instagram I loved it so much and it's like the idea that like Kylo Ren has really 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 profound post traumatic stress disorder <laughs> And that, like, and you can tell that, like, his whole mood and personality changes when he's looking at something from his past. Yes. Like, he goes from being very cool and collected, and then he just starts screaming when the Falcon flies by, and then he goes full on fucking psycho about Luke, and he, like, he can barely speak when he's talking to Han, and he freezes when he sees Leia. Yeah. Like, dude's fucked up. Like, he needs help. Yes. The way he reacts and the aggression, like, it is clear that he has some type of post-traumatic stress. Well, he has daddy issues. (laughs) I'm I'm more concerned about the post-traumatic stress than the daddy issues. I think the PTSD was caused by – now, the PTSD was caused by uncle. Yeah, but there was a lot of trauma. He tried to touch him in his sleep with a lightsaber. I mean, trying to be decapitated by your uncle in your sleep is already and that's going to fuck but, you up like, for life. Well, not only that, but like whenever he was growing up, when he was little, he heard Han and Leia arguing about how powerful he is. Yeah, uh, like that's in the last Jedi novel. I think like we got one more thing about the Mandalorian. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, we started talking about the sequels. That was a freewheeling nightmare. That's my fault. <laughs> so uh, we got one last thing. Uh, Taika Watiti is directing the finale for the Mando. There's a video on makingstarwars.net. There's more stuff that Jason has captured while being part of the crew. I mean, sitting on the set next to the set. Uh, TJ, say it right. It is not not makingstarwars.net. It's (laughs) makingstarwarsnews.net. Okay, Darren. The one mistake I will never let myself live down. (laughs) Darren, it's okay. It's so fucking stupid. You're not catching it. You're not catching it. I said, Darren, it's okay. Don't you remember last episode when I was like, Um, Darren, the last (laughs) When you fucked up his name. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, the Dark Jedi. (laughs) Jared, Jared, Bob, Bob, just shit it out of your mouth. Was that the episode we lost or the actual episode? That was the one we lost. Uh, shit. No, no, no. That was episode 36. Oh, okay. I, I listened to it this morning on my way home. <laughs> I just I was trying to get you the feel. stroked out halfway through my name. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Uh, yeah, he has a video. Uh, it's just Taika Watiti. Just like chilling with, with the old Filoni. And, uh, looks like Filoni. As you can see, Filoni has now re- retired the the cowboy hat and has moved on to normal people hats. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a lot easier to take Dave Filoni seriously if he's not. Oh, absolutely, because he's not trying to be Indiana Jones. Uh, I think we could all agree the cowboy hat thing was a little bit weird. Yeah, a little bit. Like it was endearing. It was endearing, but like. So who wants to talk about Solo? Oh, that, that's got to be all you, TJ. That's. Okay. That, that's you, a, you went that's off on this whole tangent. Shit. Let's last kick week. it some more. Okay, so guys, hold on. Uh, Jared, could you do the boy thing for me? Boy! 
Okay, so all you fucking soylo motherfuckers out there, you alt-right cucks. While Solo a Star Wars story, sadly, the first and hopefully only box office disappointment for the Star Wars franchise shouldn't have been anyway. Early data from his Blu-ray sales indicate the film is getting a cult following. Go figure, because the fucking thing's amazing. Or at least the people who skipped out on the movie at the theater are giving it a shot from the comfort of their homes. Just to let you guys know, Solo is an excellent fucking movie, and I don't care what all you Twitter fucks say. Aside from an uncharacteristically last luck, ah, fucking shit, lackluster marketing campaign from Disney, fuck you, which had a limited... Window undersold the movie, serving as the story of Chewie and Han's budding bromance. It was because of the trailer and didn't put enough of a spotlight on the movie's lead character or the strengths of the actor. Alden Ehrenreich is a phenomenal actor. Uh, I watched a movie with him in, uh, I think it's called Beautiful Creatures. Is that is that is that what the movie's called? It sounds right. Uh, holding, and then I'll get back to my little rant. Uh... Yeah, it was beautiful creatures. He, you, you can definitely see his range in that, and even it's even more shown in Solo. Uh, he embodies the character of Han in that movie. But the part, the purpose of this little, you know, SJW rant here that I'm having, <laughs> which I'll get to. Uh, but based on new reports, have we have a good theory. feeling about Solo's post-theatrical lifespan. Reports of the movie Blu-ray sales in their first two weeks, all the way back in September, have finally come in. And it has nearly sold 800,000 Blu-rays in the United States at this point. This is more than double what Edge of Tomorrow, a different movie that was liked by critics and audiences but ultimately wasn't successful in theaters, was able to accomplish at the same time span. Bear in mind that Edge of Tomorrow apparently cleared the break-even point once Blu-ray, DVD, VOD, and digital sales were all factored and the studio behind Warner Brothers is confident enough in the intellectual property that they're open to doing a sequel whenever director Doug Lyman, who fucking cares about Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Geek Furious tweets... Hashtag Solo, a Star Wars story. Sold 789,549 Blu-ray units in its first week compared to The Last Jedi, which did 1,772,048 in its first week. I mean, the greatest Star Wars movie. I know. We'll get to that. Uh, Solo made 18 million in revenue for Blu-ray sales. Even though Solo's was selling fewer Blu-ray discs than any other of the three Star Wars films, which should be a little surprised due to its subset. Substantially poor theatrical box office. All three of the other films are good. Movies made 500 more million or more domestically. When you put the budget of an anthology film of Star Wars, every movie is $200 million. When you spend that $200 million and then bring back veteran director Ro- little Ronnie Howard, what is that noise? Okay, it's gone. Uh, and then to reshoot 70% of the movie. So at this point, the fucking budget is $500 million, which is double and a half of what a normal Star Wars movie is. We're talking an episodic movie, not just an anthology film. Is normally $200 million. You can't expect... After six months, I'm going to go back on this fucking thing anyway. Six months of fucking piss poor 
hype and marketing. Double and a half of the fucking budget and then expect it to fucking perform similar to Rogue One. It's not going to happen. It should have been released in December. I've said it before, and I'll keep fucking saying it. If that movie... It was a perfect storm of every reason why that movie failed. Yeah. Like, between... Like you said, it was all... You couldn't market it because they didn't want to take away from Infinity Wars marketing. That's the right... Disney's fault. And Bob Iger already... Yeah, and that's exactly. You know, like, it was... Not only was it losing out to the marketing for... uh, Infinity War, um, but it also it came out and it had to compete with Infinity War, Incredibles two, Deadpool two, and I think maybe um, some of it might have been part of the the whole Soylo movement and the boycott. I don't think so. I don't think there's enough people in that boycott to make that movie hurt. Well, ever since Last Jedi came out, they've been saying that there's an SGW agenda in Star Wars. That it's just nothing but anyone. Okay, first of all, if you unironically use the term SJW, your argument is invalid. Like, if there is not, like, a hint of irony to just, like, like, you're, okay, so someone is like, oh, yeah, this Lando's pansexual and the droid believes in droid rights. SJW agenda, oh, they're trying to, they're trying to demasculate the men of society. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, who the fuck pissed in your Cheerios, you well, you, you got to remember the same frogs. people saying these things are the all, also the same people that watch their wives get fucked by other people. So, I mean, it just speaks waves about themselves. I, I just want to say, I think the reason that they are putting this in the movies isn't because of any kind of SJW warrior, social justice warrior movement. It's because it's reflecting the times that we're in right now. It's trying to be topical and relevant. Just like Star Wars back in the 70s was topical at the time because the Vietnam War just ended. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are like. Bingo. They're not, they're not catching that. Star Wars has always been topical. It's a product of its time. Exactly. Like, and you know, like I said before, anyone who's like, oh, Star Wars is getting too political. Like, I'm sorry. Have you watched the, the prequels? It's all political. Oh my Every God. Every bit of it's political. No, fuck the prequels. Fuck the prequels. Look at the original trilogy. I'm sorry. Only 20 years after the end of World or uh, 30 years after the end of World War II. You know, we're feeling all of the repercussions thereof. We're going to go there and have a movie about a fascist regime with an army of stormtroopers. And like you said, with all of the parallels and callbacks to Vietnam, like Star Wars has always been political. It is a political creature. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily as in depth or as direct as other franchises and properties. That just tackle the issues and the conversations head on. But, you know, it has something to say. And what does Lando being pansexual change about the character? It doesn't it doesn't change anything. And uh we've gotten attention the, from John does, John Cassidy yeah. <laughs> before about this whole fucking thing. And it's just the way the character's written. Yeah, I don't think they never specifically said he wasn't. Yeah. He flirts with everyone. If yeah. it has a hole, he's gonna fuck it. Exactly. And they and they address it in the movie without beating it over your head. Like diversity for diversity's sake in film is is weird because you get into token territory, which is not good, and that's a part of the problem. When you say, Oh, we're just gonna throw this black person in here because we need a black person, that's fucked. 
But when you're like, oh, hey, like this actor's really good. And habitually, Hollywood has been like this or been like, wow, this actor of color is really good. But uh, it'll sell better if we put a white person in. So let's do it. You know, it's and nothing we do is going to change their mind. Their minds are exactly. Yeah. yeah, they what they I like to do is, the day is try to have them change my mind trooper. because that doesn't happen. <laughs> I think everyone at Steel City Con in, in August found that out. Uh, especially the lady that left our booth very pissed off. Uh, I am so sorry I missed that. <laughs> oh, wait till April, boys. I'm going to get a fucking velvet throne and sit on it. Uh, yeah, but we have a little song to play for you guys since all of you cocks believe that there is a SJW agenda in Star Wars. Here it this is. This is my theme song. Let it roll. Your heart still wild. Oh. Social justice warrior! Social justice warrior! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are the social justice warriors. I think that was the best part of last week's show. I know. <laughs> Social Justice Warrior rant. <laughs> and it got lost, damn it. God damn it. But that's that's what's left of it. Uh, moving on from our SJW agenda into more pressing matters. Chad, Yo. talk about Star Wars Celebration. Well, coming up <laughs> is the uh, Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. And it uh, looks like there's some authors that are going to show up. Uh, so, uh, Celebration Chicago is only 142 days away. And his plans for the event continue to be developed. The welcome news arrives that a slew of authors will be attending the show. A galaxy of authors and artists are joining us at Star Wars Celebration Chicago to share news about upcoming titles, answer your questions, sign books, and more. This comes from the uh, Star Wars Celebration Twitter. Very cool. Uh, so far, they've listed Timothy Zahn. Everybody knows who that is. Okay. Delilah S. Dawson. Alexander Freed. Okay. Claudia Gray. Okay. Kevin Ooh. Scott. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, Jeffrey, yeah, I think so. Jeffrey Brown and Katie Cook, just the first ones to be announced. Uh, so stay tuned as the guest list is sure to require a foreword, an index, and a glossary before the weekend is here. So yeah, there's some actually really awesome Star Wars authors that are showing up. There. I want Matthew Wood. Or not Matthew Wood, that's Grievous. Who the fuck wrote Revenge of the Sith? Hold on. I completely drew. Matthew Stover. I want Matthew Stover. Now I want James Lucino. Those are the goats. Give them books. I want Matthew Wood. Fuck, I did it again. Matthew Stover. <laughs> I want Matthew Stover and James Lucino to write more books that are canon. I need it. Lucino wrote Catalyst, and I want more Lucino, and I want more Stover. <laughs> almost said Wood again. Are you okay? He's got Wood on the mind. <laughs> you okay, Jared? Yeah, I had stroked that a little bit there. Ooh. <laughs> Stroking out on one. Fucking Darren. Oh, fucking Christ. I hate you all. Uh. Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> Despacito, remixed by Luis Fonsi from Spotify. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> 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 oh god damn that was good 
when my back's <laughs> against the wall, I rely on memes. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I knew this podcast was going to be a shit show, but holy hell. <laughs> Okay. That was the highlight of my day, actually telling Alexa to play this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we even doing here? Like, what? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're just a fucking mess. We're always a fucking mess. <laughs> Did you guys know that you could actually tell Alexa to execute Order sixty six? Oh, I was waiting for her to respond. I, I unplugged it. That's why. Oh, thank Jesus. Okay, no, so no. Check this out, though. Check this out, though. Okay. Alexa, execute order. Oh wait, I think it's turning on. No, yeah, it's booting. Let it boot up. Hold on. Doing the circle thing. She's booting. She's booting. I feel like I'm a little behind because I have the Google instead of Alexa. I have like the Kmart version of Alexa. <laughs> this is my brother's Alexa. Oh, and I record I in his room just because it's easier to just kind of like sprawl out and have everything in front of me that I need. But uh, yeah, start reading the story. By the time it's done booting up, we'll be ready to. Okay, so uh, Galaxy's Edge stuff. Yeah. Okay. So at the Destination D fan event today, Disney revealed some details about the new Star Wars edition coming to their U.S. theme park next year. EW were kind enough to share all the details and new information that included some details and concept art for the upcoming Star Wars theme resort coming to Orlando. Names and footage of the two attractions, and last but certainly not least, an entirely new piece of music composed by John Williams for the new land. First and foremost, check out the great video featuring the newest Williams piece to be added to the Star Wars canon. I uh, don't mean to play that, guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sweet, an ad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. I like it. I like 
I'm here for it. I like it. I like yeah, it it's excellent. Sorry if you guys could hear us in the background. We were <laughs> talking about <laughs> other stuff. Uh, but uh, but of course, I, mean, I couldn't hear you. I was just over here nodding my head. Oh, fuck. Another. <laughs> no, we're done. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Real quick, real quick before we go on. Yes. Alexa, execute order 66. Yes, my lord. Hold on. I'm not a clone trooper. What the fuck? <laughs> Alexa, may the force be with you. And may the force be with you, always. Oh, Aww, that's so cool. <laughs> Alexa, I'm Batman. Here's the Wikipedia article on Batman. So Batman is a fictional superhero. Alexa, please stop. <laughs> oh, that worked. Holy shit. Okay. But of course, that wasn't all that was revealed today. Back to the thing. Disney also announced the official names of the two new attractions and released a corresponding video for each. First up, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. And Rise of the Resistance. Boo. Not as much as to dive into here as with the Williams video, but to get a very Nothing nice look at the Falcon cockpit. <laughs> will serve as the ride vehicle. I will assume that we get a little preview as much as well. Well, as well to how we exactly we will interact with the Falcon's controls via the illuminated buttons. Uh, Disney also re- released the name of the attraction that has been referred to as the Battle Escape attraction up to this point. Rise of the Resistance will be an LPS local position system ride with will carry park goers in and around the reported reportedly of a new first order battleship during a battle with the resistance forces. Okay. Yeah. There's a video. You can find that on star Wars newsnet.net. Uh, there's some concept art and stuff like that. It all looks very, very, uh, very cool. Uh, can we, can we go to the KFC star Wars story? Cause I really want to talk about this. I really want to talk about <laughs> the it. KFC one. This makes my whole heart happy. Yes. Well, let Chad talk about the pal toy thing, and then we'll... Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, let me pull it up here. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, uh, coming from fanfatracks.com, this goes on to say, on Saturday, 10th of November, at 5.15, around 50 fans of the Star Wars were eagerly anticipating an historic event. Former employees from the pal toy factory were were delivering a panel right in the heart of the Star Wars toy manufacturing region in the U.K., uh, the event was part of the May the Toys Be With You touring exhibition organized by Matt Fox and collectors from all over the UK. Uh, they witnessed firsthand the amazing range of pre-production and production items on display. There's a nice figure there, picture there of the Biker Scout from Endor. Uh, it says the image to the left shows a hard copy of a Biker Scout, which would have been sculpted at Kenner before being shipped to the UK as an aid to the correction of the tooling for that figure. The hard copy is larger than the production figure to allow for the shrinkage in the beryllium copper in which it is cast. Um... After an introduction from Matt, we listened to marketing manager Jeff Maisie, who explained how Palatoy managed to acquire the license in the UK after describing the problems that Hasbro were facing from a financial standpoint from overreaching themselves and problems on the G.I. Joe line, and that Mattel were just about copying, coping with their very successful Barbie range. Um, ultimately, a decision was made by Kenner between Palatoy and Meccano and UK and Meccano France as to who would coordinate the European distribution. Uh, fortunately for us, the French literally dropped the ball at a swanky hotel in Paris and the rest is history. 
99% of the manufacturing force were women employed at Colville. The employees at Colville had their own shop on base, and Bob Brecken told us that they could happily load up bin bags of Star Wars toys for five pounds. <laughs> Jeff confirmed that hundreds of thousands of card backs would be ordered, but then they'd be unable to get the figures for the correct movie, so they'd have to go to storage. I wonder where all those card backs ended up. Jeff described the many problems faced by the company. Retailers were not interested in promoting toys in the spring. The mail order companies wanted nothing to do with the product and the future demands for the stock they couldn't cope with once the movies became a big hit. Purchasing aisle space direct in Woolworths was just one of the many strategies and tricks they pulled to push the brand, such as sneaking David Prowse in his David Cro- David Darth Vader costume through a whole. I'm sorry, I just started living as soon as I remembered our whole. This is right up there with like this is right up there with the uh, DMX like pretending to be an FBI agent at an <laughs> airport like. I want. I wish. I wish those two events happened the same day at the same airport. Oh god. Like, I wish on the same day that they smuggled Darth fucking Vader into an airport was the same day DMX hijacked the car and was like, I'm an FBI agent! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I wish it was all the same story. It's like, you know. This whole Allow me onto the flight, Captain. <laughs> Meanwhile, run the FBI, motherfucker! I'm dead. <laughs> oh, Jared, you're just killing today. This is great. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but there's this long, this is long ass article about uh, about the old Palisades toys. Uh, it's actually a really cool read. Um, you guys should get on phantomtracks.com and read it. <laughs> the part about sneaking Darth Vader in, though, <laughs> in costume, they snuck him in through a hole in the fence. That is that is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> have an unrelated meme i was just sent oh 2018 grinch has no edge he's got no bite he's not even that much of an asshole he's just a sassy gay furry with unusually nice teeth despite his famous theme song declaring otherwise 1966 grinch now that was a mean scary bastard he was a crusty old fuck who hated society so much that he only came off his shitty frozen mountain to commit crimes and terrorism out of spite Benny Who Cumberland Grinch comes down from his mountain to buy groceries. You can round the edges off of a character to make them more believable or whatever, but you also run the risk of losing what defined them in the first place. The end result is bland and generic. 2018 Grinch is a reflection of modern society's rejection of real character flaws and the interest in being unproblematic. And in this essay, I will dot dot dot. What is your opinion on the Jim Carrey Grinch? Jim Carrey Grinch said, bitch, ate glass and threw a whole child in the garbage. He's an absolute champ and the only rightful heir to the throne. Okay, then. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I just love the phrase, threw a whole ass child in the garbage. (laughs) Absolutely. Also, TJ, I think I found your Christmas present. Ooh. I'll send this to you real quick. Anyway, okay. So listen up, kids. Listen up, y'all. We got got a behind-the-scenes scoop for a movie that's about 40 years old, okay? You know that escape pod that R2 and 3PO got out of the Tanta V4 in? That's a $5 fill-up right there, okay? It's a fucking KFC bucket. That's the funniest shit ever. Hell yeah. 
ever. That's a KFC bucket. Like, I don't care any other Easter egg anybody wants to bring up for the like b- background CGI scenes or whatever. Like, oh, what are the asteroids? An empire is a potato. And there's a kitchen sink in the Battle of Coruscant and getting Revenge of the Sith. The escape pod is a KFC chicken bucket. Bucket. Bu- it's a bucket of chicken. Is what they escape in. And that is my favorite thing about Star Wars ever. Fuck the Force. Fuck the Jedi. Fuck the Sith. Fuck lightsabers. KFC bucket escape pod. I sexually identify as that. What the fuck? You know what that means, though, don't you? R2 and 3PO are just finger licking good. Ooh. I could have told you that. <laughs> You're fucked. You're so fucked. <laughs> So the fun thing for me um, is that uh, sometimes my internet connection will give a little bit and then the audio on your side sounds really warbly. Oh, my God. But since TJ and Chad are in the same room, I can't tell who's speaking to me a lot of the time. So I rarely use names when addressing people unless I'm trying to get one of their specific attention. And the fact that they both went, oh, my God, and then you're fucked. I couldn't tell if who the hell was saying which on that one. So who's saying that I'm fucked? Because I know. <laughs> who's, you're asking who's saying that you're fucked? Yeah. Did I say that? I think so. Okay, I said that. Y'all don't even know? Oh, we don't know anything. Oh, God. It's just the Twilight Zone. Alexa, what is the meaning of life? Eleanor Roosevelt said, the purpose of life is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experience. So uh, one more thing. Very insightful. Jared, we're just going to get your reaction on something here real quick. Uh, Yeah. So Chad sent me something the other day. Chad, if you want to give us a little backstory. Uh, I really shouldn't be talking about this. It's just uh, it's kind of hush hush for now. But I, I have a friend that knows somebody that's working on the Mandalorian and he sent me this really cool picture of a droid that's going to be showing up. I don't know if it's going to be a main character or just floating on through in the background. Uh, do you want to go ahead and send it to him? I already did. Ooh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking weirdo. <laughs> that's how it goes. But I was told that we cannot show that picture. Uh, the guy that designed it, that he's in fear of his job if it gets out. Yeah, I understand I mean, that, it's... but I like it. I like his work. I said that to TJ, and you thought, "Wait, is your guy? Is your buddy buying you a droid?" Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's for the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Is he buying you a droid? What's up, bro? <laughs> It's great. It's great. You should uh, give me this guy's number. We can talk to him. Oh, let's see if I can get it. Oh my god, I like that. I like that a lot. We can't talk about it, but I like it. Uh, so moving on, since we literally condensed last last week's show and some new news, uh, EFX uh has some Last Jedi dice. 
already have them, so it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, we saw them in Solo, A Star Wars Story, and we've known them and hanging around the, the Star Wars galaxy since the 1970s and the original film. And now EFX, also they're in the uh, holiday special, uh, the animated part. And EFX brought us the Solo dice as they appeared in the last years of The Last Jedi. These screen-accurate dice are $160 plus shipping and handling. I did not pay for that. Uh, they come with a really yeah, cool box. I, I, Alexis got me Han Solo dice. No, not you, my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> she lit up and I like reached over and unplugged them. Um, yeah, she got me uh, the dice as a one-year anniversary gift. She, did, I don't know what she paid for, but she did not. I'm not – I don't want – gold dice that are just going to be hung up on something for that much money. That's insane. Oh, dude, if she loves you that much, you got to put a ring on it. I know. I know, he says. Okay, so, yeah, uh, they'll be, if you buy them now, they clearly did not, that that flopped. If if you buy them now, the expected delivery delivery is like January. Also, uh, I'm just going to skip over this John Boyega thing. Well, now, you know, we'll talk about it briefly. So, John Boyega is in another movie. It's not Star Wars related, but he's in like a romantic film with the actors from Black Panther, uh, Latita Wright. Is that right? Letitia Wright. Letitia. Yeah. I don't know how to fucking pronounce shit. But Wakanda forever. The film's called Hold Back the Stars, adapting the 2017 debut novel from Katie Khan. Chad, can you do the con thing from uh, Khan? <laughs> There we My go. Ears bleeding. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was Chad funneling his inner uh, Shatner. Shatner. I think he did pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. You mean your Chadner? My yeah, Chad- you're my Chadner. <laughs> I wish you could have seen the the horrifying face I made upon saying that. That was like all eyebrows and a little bit of tongue. It was great. Yeah. So if you ever have read the book, I'll hold back the stars. Uh, they are developing it and adapting it to big screen stuff. So getting to our emails, people. Gold leader, Tim Keegan, writer for DubacDiscussion.net, uh, emailed us saying, do you feel the last Jedi portray- – me and th- – we're just going to listen to Chad's thing because you guys should know by now how me and Jared feel about this. Do you feel the last yeah, Jedi portrayed Luke Skywalker correctly, or do you think Ryan Johnson focused too much on Luke being a Jedi master and forgot the, that Luke used to be more relatable to the non-Force-sensitive ways, that he was portrayed more Jedi master than ex-Rebel leader we all knew and loved? Chad, talk about it. I feel that they focused uh, on Luke exactly where they needed to. He They portrayed him the way he was supposed to be. He reacted to... Everything that happened to him the way a normal person would, you know, like we said before. And it's exactly what happened with Obi-Wan and Yoda. You know, they, they were betrayed, so they went into hiding. They, they did wrong. You know, Luke saw everything that he was doing just completely come crashing down because he fucked up. Yes. It was all on him. And so he just kind of retreated into himself and thought the Jedi are bad. You know, the Jedi don't need to exist anymore. And he was right. He did all that's the right things. And that's. Sorry, go ahead. Jared. Forget. And sorry. No, let's just to your. Point, I just want to bring up the fact you. that Chad didn't think this way until he joined us. No, I didn't. And it was <laughs> it was Jared's article yeah. that kind of swayed me. I and mean, it was very well written. And I read it. And like I said, you know, last week in the audio that we lost that, you know, that really swayed me and made me think, yeah, that's exactly the way it should have happened. 
Thank you very much. Oh, you're I welcome. appreciate that. It's just that everybody feels um, everybody feels that they had this own version of what the Last Jedi should have been. And, exactly. And it's it's exactly they had their own fanfic in their head. And it didn't turn precisely. out that way. And it didn't turn out that way. And they just kind of stomped off and threw their little hissy fits and hated it. I didn't like it at first as much as I was hoping to, but I didn't hate it either. You know, I fell not, in love with it. it I it watched it once, fell in love, and only liked it more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And now that's my favorite fucking Star Wars. I have an idea. What do you guys think of the episode being episode thirty-seven, casting an Andor Pedro Pedro Pascal and the Social Justice Warriors? No, it just needs to be called episode thirty-seven. Hey Alexa, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what it needs to be. It just needs to be hey, like, episode 37. Hey, Alexa, dot, dot, dot. Episode 37. TJ fucked up last week's episode. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> episode 37. Fuck TJ's computer. Episode 37. Hey, Alexa, a do backstory. The lost episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my biggest argument to people with The Last Jedi, especially with regards to Luke, is if you wanted Disney to address the prequels and like embrace the prequels and the story that they told, why don't you like The Last Jedi? Because Luke does not arrive at the place that he did without knowing. You're right. And getting like he says, like he he, he mentions, like you know, the Jedi Order allowed Darth Sidious to rise to power and wipe them out. Like he's aware that Mace fucked up, Yoda fucked up, Obi Wan fucked up, and he made the same exact fuck up. And that's how we get there. And like I said, they – with Tim's question dealing a lot with Luke's status as being more considered the Jedi and less of the rebel, um, I think he always he always cared about the rebellion and he fought for it obviously. But I think his greater stake was always involved in being Jedi and that was more important to him and that it was very convenient that by serving the rebellion he also is that by training to be a jedi he served the rebellion and by serving the rebellion that was part of his jedi training and the two really complemented each other really well but luke didn't stay a part of the republic to help fulfill the rebellion's destiny mm-hmm. once he won that fight he went on to do the jedi shit I think it all it all changed for him. Originally, he did just want to rebel against the Empire in the first movie. But when he realized, you know, his father was a Jedi, he realized he was a part of something that was bigger than him, bigger than the Resistance. And, Precisely. And then he, he focused more on that. Exactly. And so he he was that's the that's what he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be a Jedi and not a rebel. He's a Jedi and a rebel, but there's a reason we say Jedi first. Right. <laughs> Right, okay. Let's read. Let's let's read what uh, Chad Vader had to say. It's not like we're talking to that much. No, that was just in case if Chad didn't come today. Yeah, uh, I was gonna email it in if I didn't make it in. Get it? So we're not reading it. We're not reading it because there's no, nothing, there's nothing there. to read. Oh man! So Next get, week. So so should we talk about my uh, discussion last week about uh, Stanley again? Yeah. Why don't you go off on your Stanley? Yes, we buddy? should. We should. Okay. So as everybody knows, last week we lost Stanley. At the age of 95. Uh, if you don't know who Stan Lee is, you probably aren't even listening to this podcast anyway. Stan Lee. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We all know who Stan Lee is. He created basically the Marvel Universe. He got his start there. 
uh, what did I say, 1939. Uh, his first his first job writing was a two page story and a at a backup story in a Captain America issue. I think it was Captain America number three. Uh, and then he went on to create Thor and Cap- not Captain America, Thor and Iron Man and Spider Man, the X Men, the Avengers, and on and on and on. And he created this whole universe that meant a lot to everyone. And of course, he's going to be very sorely missed. And like I said last week, what's this have to do with Star Wars? He was the editor in chief of Marvel Comics back in 1977. And originally, he didn't want to do. Star Wars comics, he thought Star Wars was kind of silly. And then somebody told him, I don't can't remember who to said uh, that Sir Alec Guinness was in Star Wars, uh-huh. which completely changed his mind because he was such a huge fan. Uh, he found out about it and he's like, OK, let's go see this movie. And he's like, great. Love it. Let's do the Star Wars comics. So what I pulled up last week, I read and I'm going to read again today is the introduction that Stanley wrote for the first collection of the Star Wars adaptation uh, that premiered back in you know, 77. I'm, I'm, I, but anyway, okay, so here's what he wrote. And I wish I could read this in Stan's voice. There was only, you have to kind of imagine him saying this as only Stan would. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it goes on. It says, it could have bombed. It was a comic book concept dressed up for the screen. It was good guys and bad guys and spaceships and blasters and costumes and magic and planets and peril. But despite all that, or perhaps because of it, it worked worked it simply became the most sensational highest grossing media event of all time therefore what could be more proper more apt more totally fitting than to present the magic of star wars in comic book form and thus do we come full circle how well i remember the day that it started writer editor roy thomas told me he had a herd of a new movie being produced a science fiction extravaganza called star wars he suggested that marvel comics do a comic book version of the film I, in my infinite wisdom, tossed cold water on the proposal, feeling that the title was lacking in both warmth and appeal, and fearing that the world was hardly ready for another ray-gun-blasting space opera. However, when Roy mentioned that Alec Guinness was to be featured in the production, I yielded, having always been a frantic fan of that fantastically versatile performer. And that's how we happened to score so towering a cultural triumph, and how mankind was spared a future without an illustrated version of Star Wars. As soon as I could, I saw the movie itself, and my initial reaction was one of total astonishment. I couldn't believe the special effects, the scope, the panorama, the sheer overwhelming power of the undertaking. But the thing that amazed me the most was the love that had been poured into it. This was no campy treatment, hastily thrown together to make a few bucks and get a chortle or two. No, George Lucas must have loved this theme, just as he had loved the comic books and the early films of his childhood days. His love shone through in every scene, every situation, every dazzling concept. Nobody watches Star Wars alone. You find yourself sharing the experience with the man who created it. And now you'll also share it with the gang from Marvel, for we love it too. And why wouldn't we? After all, who can have a greater appreciation of C-3PO, R2-D2, Lord Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Chewbacca, or the Jedi Knights than the blushing bullpen that has brought you Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Doctor Strange, and the Silver Surfer, as well as the ever-evil Doctor Doom, Galactus, and the Deadly Red Skull, among countless other bigger, better, and badder-than-life comic book cavorters. To you, the world of Alderaan is the mysterious home of Princess Leia in a far-off galaxy, while to us, it is practically our own own home turf. But we've talked enough. Somewhere out there, far beyond the farthest star, reaching to the very limits of our own imagination, a universe awaits, and the Star Wars beckon. 
Excelsior, Stan, New York, 1977. And I don't think he could have, anyone could have said it better. Right? Yeah. He, he just absolutely... <coughs> fucking killed it. And by the way, I just got to say, fuck Bill Maher. Fuck Bill Maher. Oh, fuck Bill Maher. I am liberal as shit. I watch his show every fucking night. And it was literally as I was finish, finishing the episode last week, which happened to be the season finale. Episode finishes up. I put on YouTube to watch that episode of Overtime. And I'm flipping through Facebook and all I start seeing is Bill Maher, Bill Maher, Bill Maher, Bill Maher connected with Stan Lee. I read the article. Fuck him. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I went off about it on there. I'm not going to get into it now because quite frankly, I'm going to get fucking angry if I start talking about it again. Right. Fuck him. Fuck. Fuck him. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. <laughs> you okay, Jer? Fuck that cocksucking motherfucker. I think he said it best right there. That's it right there. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for for this one. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Do Back Discussion podcast. And we're going to let you guys go with the new arrangement of Across the Stars from our beloved John Williams. Oh, it is so haunting. It but before so before we do this, I just want to thank Jared and Chad for being the best co-hosts I could have ever asked for and being there for me this week. I appreciate you guys. You got it, my brother. That's what we're here for, bud. Absolutely. So that's TJ Bowser signing off. This is Jared, the Dark Jedi. Fuck Bill Maher. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552 and DarkJedi5225 on Instagram. And I will see you guys later. Fuck Bill Maher. And this is Chad Vader signing off saying, rest in peace, Stan Lee. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. I keep forgetting that's in two days. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, all you guys. Eat, Eat like a fucking Sarlacc. That is what I... That is the advice I have for you. Eat like a damn Sarlacc, man. Eat it up. Get that turkey up.